Welcome to Speak Sex. I'm your host, Eve Eurydice. I am your sex whisperer here in the internet. And I'm coming to you from my quarantine in Miami Beach. And my guest today comes to us from her quarantine in New Jersey. So we're both in hotspots right now. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, she is uh, Dr. Holly Richmond. She is a, a licensed uh, psychotherapist as well as a licensed sex therapist and somatic psychotherapist um and she's someone i've been wanting to bring on the show for at, at least a year and we've been trying to do it in person delaying it and here we are you know the the global stasis has told us among many other messages that i'd like to touch on that it's okay to go viral and you know get this communication rolling now and not wait any longer because the time has come. My feeling, Holly, is that the time has come for, for like a bigger um, change in, in like global consciousness, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that there will be, that this kind of like forced freeze frame will help people, you know, look inward and kind of like re-examine our values, our priorities, you know, our, 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 the speed of our lifestyle, you know, or like go, 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 chase, 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 compete, you know, catching up, fear of missing out, all of that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, give us time. Like it's given us a lot of wealth in time, which, is a currency, you know, in, in the marketplace because we were, were normally paid for our time. So we always thought of time as something that we understand in terms of money, income earned, right? And now, like, time, I feel, um, is back to just being time <laughs> that you can't count or you, like, go, go crazy. So you have to, like, stop, you know, counting time and instead, like, making time for all of the more feminine, um, you know, practices and, and habits that we just kind of like forgot or didn't do because we never get paid for them because it's free. <laughs> it's, it's service, you know, it's, it's considered like a, a duty for like women and some more evolved men. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just feel that hopefully at the end of it, we will reconnect with nature more than like, you know, uh, each other's uh, approval. We will reconnect with like the feeling of being approved by mother nature in that space in, in and, you know, reappreciate alone space and, um, you know, reappreciate each other, uh, reconsider our language, our vocabulary, um, you know, and even um, our intimate lives, love lives, and sex lives, right? Because something that I hear a lot, a lot um, from people is that, like, the first person I actually, like, feel anything for after this is over, I'm going to marry. <laughs> you know, I we came yeah. from a place where, like, everybody was like, no, 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 you know, I'm done with marriage, I'm done, you know, everybody has cars, you know, I, I don't want to be hurt, I don't want to be used, I don't want to be lied to, I don't want to have to pay for a divorce, I don't want to deal with alimony, whatever, you know, for a million different reasons, people have been, like, this uh, enchanted, right? right. 
And then we've had like the dating apps, which have been, you know, like such a, a finding, such an amazing treasure trove, you know, for like meeting, getting together with strangers for romance or friendship and romance. So, um, it's, it's felt like a cornucopia in that way for daters. And, and here we are now and everybody's like, wow, you know, it would be so different if like I had someone at home, <laughs> right. Just, you know, those of us that are with our partners 24 seven want some private space. And those of us who are alone 24 seven want some partner some space, of, yeah, partner <laughs> yeah. space and in real life connection. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, we're all managing. And, and I think for those of us who are home with our partners, learning the art of negotiation and confrontation is something we really are being forced into. We can't have an argument and then go our separate ways, right? We have to have the argument and then we have to live in the house with this person. Oh my God, that's beautiful. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Would you yeah. elaborate? Yeah. So it's just sitting in the discomfort with the person who's in your same house and under your nose all day that doesn't feel comfortable. So I think I'm, I'm hearing and I'm seeing even in myself, you're having to resolve the conflict sooner because the, the other side, the flip side of that is just untenable. You know, being in the same house in presence of someone that you're just not connected to. Just it doesn't feel good anymore when there's so much chaos on the right, outside. Right, you can't just like wanted. get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, you can wow. go for a walk. Yeah, how long yeah. Do you really walk for? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because you know, part of like the the concept for the podcast is you know, speaking sex is not just right. about sex; it's about every type of relationship. So it's exactly that. You know, kind of like finding uh, confidence and trust. Right. To, to be able to say the truth and expect to be heard, you know, and like take your time because it takes time okay. to listen and to speak. Because when, you know, when we're in a hurry, I feel that we speak in cliches, like, you know, we repeat what we hear uh, in movies or, or maybe what we've heard from our parents, all the generational, you know, stereotypes. So it needs, it requires time to actually figure out what our own needs are and then say them and not fear that like we're going to get abandoned because we said them and not and and reassure the other that it's not personal you know and for sure yeah yeah so i think um speaking of cliches one of the little quotes i love it's but it's trite it's um, don't believe everything you think and that's, you know, kind yeah. of what you were saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. What we get culturally, what we get from our parents, those are all important messages. But I think to me, the real definition of self-awareness is knowing what's right for us in the present moment. Um, and sometimes that's not what we have been taught. So for women in particular, we're taught to be nice over being taught to be right. Right. So yes, that, yes, 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 yes. It's yes. more important to be nice than it is more than it is to be correct. Or honest, be nice, you know, like, yeah, be silent and nice. That's what we're taught. Yeah. yeah. Instead of like speaking your truth, it's better to just, you know, kind of um, put yourself aside, ignore your own feelings and make peace for everybody. Right. right? Well. Yeah. Which may have worked when there were no other options. So it was that or not survival. But now, <laughs> now it creates conflict. Right. Yeah. Right. We want to be heard. Yeah. 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we, we just can't swallow it anymore. That's a metaphor I use a lot with my clients. Um, so many of the women I talk to who are survivors of sexual trauma or just women in general who are having trouble in their sexual relational lives, that also comes with a connection to eating disorders or, you know, body dysmorphic disorder. So they've got poor body image or they've got some kind of disordered eating because I feel like we have to metaphorically swallow so much of what society tells us and not just be ourselves. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Sex and eating disorders go hand in hand. It's a marriage made not in heaven whatsoever, but um, they, they really, they go together. They find each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, because I, I like to think and I, I don't, you know, I I don't want to encourage a split because, you know, we've, we've been split for, you know, for thousands of years, you know, into like body and mind and, you know, like the body is the woman and the mind is the male, right? The patriarchy. But in a way, you know, if we agree that we both have like masculine and feminine sides, both men and women, um, you know, I feel that the female, in the, in the woman, it's like the masculine mind, you know, which is like the masculine prevalent a conversation, you know, the masculine logos, like what we hear all the time, you know, what we're picking up uh, is like a slave driver to who we actually are, which turns out to be the body, because our our mind has been trained by the, the patriarchy, which is, you know, a system based on like male tropes. Dominance. Yes, yeah. dominance, yeah. yes. <laughs> so th- that's how we end up, uh, you know, like punishing our body, Right. For whatever, for not fitting in, for not, uh, you know, doing for uh, doing for getting us the reward we want. <laughs> yeah. And, and and creating so much distance within ourselves. Right. You know, yeah. the, by doing that, you like get far away from your own body and it becomes oh. like an it instead of you. Right. You for know. sure. And I, I just think I right now, because we all are forced to stay home, I'm hoping that that distance is shrinking. So there's less space between who we are and who we think we're supposed to be, right? So the mind and the body, because I agree with you, they're actually not separate. You know, even sex and self aren't dualistic. We are sex, right? We don't have sex. Sex is a piece of us. So I'm hoping all of those things, how we eat, how we have sex, how we feel, how we breathe, how we do, become more central as we're forced to be. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only way to like, you know, find something positive in this like complete, you know, like attack on on our way of life (laughs) is to just say, you know, okay, it's like a fix. It's It's a quick fix, you know. Like maybe let's say it's an update, you know, like our software was not so good. And now like when you update your your phone or your laptop for a while it doesn't work and you gotta wait for the update and i think that hopefully that's like the most positive way i can see this you know it's like we're sitting still (laughs) while you know our functionality is being updated to like a better you know more more humane more conscious more inclusive uh and, you know, more env- environmentally conscious, too, version. Right. Yeah. yeah, new version. <laughs> COVID is definitely the um, equal opportunity offender, right? So we're, I think for the first time in a long time, we really feel like we're all in this together. And some harder hit than others, but it's not, 
there's no demographic left out. It's so challenging and it's presenting challenges for people on different levels. I'm hoping it's giving us the, the time and space to come back to ourselves a little bit and yes. stop being and start being. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so, okay, so sexually, since um, that's what we're focusing on mostly, even though it's all sex, I mean, all of life, you know, in a sense, you know, birth and growth and mating and dating, it's all sex. But um, what do you think, my first question has to be, inevitably, what do you think about the explosion of porn use? And, you know, first we heard about Pornhub, you know, being free in like Italy and then, you know, France and Spain, and now we're getting these numbers. Um, so, What's your take on that? And is there something to be done? Because I'm, my worry is that at the end of this, you know, there'll be a hell of a lot of porn addiction. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, people are certainly turning to it more. Um, but I'm hoping it's a healthy balance. Honestly, from my clients, they're saying, yes, my masturbation level is up a little bit. But it's not, there's nothing that's feeling out of control about it because it's just, it's living with them there at home. Um, you know, like most people with porn, I mean, people who have trouble with porn is like less than 5%. So, you know, this whole porn addiction model, I honestly, um, not a huge proponent of it. I treat compulsivity all the time, but you know, technically there's no such thing as porn addiction. So I'm always careful with that language. Um, and how we treat people. You know, words inform our experience. If I call you. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. That's wonderful. Well, that's, that's, that's positive. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm glad to hear that because, you know, I, I feel, I always, you know, we all agree. I think that there is no one in, in our, in our line of service who doesn't, you know, make the point, you know, porn is not real sex and, you know, right. remember and, Hopefully, when you enjoy it, you remember that, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that you are, right, it's like movies are not real life, you know, if you like, uh, you know, action movies, you don't expect to then live your life like that, or go home and replicate them, and so, it's the same with porn, you know, you're watching it specifically because it's something that you are not going to do at home. That, yeah, so that's what makes it, let's say, entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. A, it's and, made and it, up. <laughs> totally. It's escapism. And I mean, I was just looking at the numbers today of how much Netflix use is up. I mean, our bandwidth is up. So I think if at any time people have needed elements of escapism, it's now. And I think porn is a, is a piece of that. And it will be interesting. You're right to see you know, six months to a year after this, if there has really been a detriment to human sexuality because people are online more watching porn. Um, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like if we get the message out there that it's entertainment, there's nothing educational about it. It's purely for pleasure and entertainment. Then, you, you know, I, I don't think there's a problem with it. It's when right, people right. try to replicate it or think their partner should replicate it that you get into a lot of trouble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so, and what do you think about the virtual rooms? You know, there are now virtual sex rooms and, like, virtual orgies. Um, I can, I don't know that I will give the address, but, you know, the online address, but um, they... 
there are uh, naked uh, meetings, you know, online meetings. So you, you get up with a group of strangers or Facebook friends. And I guess it's a, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it by, by its, uh, by its real name, which is like masturbation circle. That's what I think, but a virtual one, right? Um, what do you think of that? Or do you, <laughs> do you yeah. have a thought? I, I do. Um, it's safer than seeing someone in person right now. So that's on the plus side, right? Um, I immediately, what comes to my head now is security. Um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the reports in the news the last few days. Zoom is having some trouble. We're not a hundred percent sure of the security with Zoom. Facebook, oh, hell no, that that's not secure. Um, so I think people just need to be cognizant of where they're putting their information. And if you're putting your naked body online on a platform like Facebook or Zoom, just do it knowingly, right? I would not want anybody to be surprised that, oh my gosh, my identity was breached, my security was breached. And I think even if it was, it's that information isn't going to go anywhere. But I also want people to be educated about it. Um, you know, I did a, an article a while back on, on our, our, our sex toys being hacked. You know, the smart sex toys, which I'm sure we'll talk about today to tell it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. A, few, a few companies have been hacked. So that information is out there, but it's, it's a tiny, tiny percentile. And most companies are addressing those problems. But again, for anyone putting themselves out there online, it's just, it's a thought to consider. Um, and obviously anyone under 18 do not do it for a host of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not ready for the main yeah. reason being you're not ready for it. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but I think in general, my, my, the masturbation circles, I, you know, if my platform is all sex positivity, if it's pleasurable and consensual, it's good. So another way is saying that all sex is good sex as long as it's consensual and pleasurable. Right. You check those two boxes. I have no place to judge anyone about what they're yeah. doing. No, I agree with you. A thousand percent yeah. agree with you on that. But this is new territory, meaning, yes, right. you know, when it comes to like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, naked gatherings, naked parties, masturbation. I mean, you know, Betty Dodson, she was like the great-grandmother of it all and what an inspiration and she taught us so much. You know, I have her very ancient, ancient, it looks like copy of, uh, you know, self-love, whatever yeah. it was called. And it was revelatory, you know, back then when I was, you know, I was like 16 when I found that copy in Woodstock, uh -huh. <laughs> where I think she was based. And um, so th that's definitely empowering, you know, on every level. But I, I am... Uh, at in thought, you know, I'm, I'm in mid thought. That's where I find myself. You know, I find myself in mid thought about all, or all, all the viral, um, incarnations of this, you know, the same, the same, uh, sexual expressions because of the limitations and also because of the long term, uh, perhaps, you know, perhaps the possible long term influences and the limitations being you know, there could be someone videotaping it against your, your consent, and there's no control in that. Um, and what will be done with that in the future is, you know, is just unknown. You know, th th there are a number of unforeseen, uh, consequences, you know, and one of them is that people 
become so familiar with it that they uh, find enough pleasure in it to not want to take the risk of being intimate, I, either because they're afraid of germs or because they don't want to commit. They have fear of commitment, which is already, you know, a growing fear in our world and in our generation. And then, you know, the, the younger generations who have been raised on the internet completely may inevitably take that even further. So, you know, robot sex. (laughs) Yes, speaking of the toys, it's a good time to bring in, you know, the question about um, smart sex toys. And I'd like you to give us some examples of what's out there and what they do. Um, And then, you know, after that, we can perhaps discuss a little bit, yeah, virtual robot. About the robots? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I just want to reiterate what you said because I completely agree with you. The long-term challenges, we, we don't know those yet, but we know millennials are having less sex than any generation in recording. Right, history. true, true, true. And, and millennials have been exposed to technology sooner than, than the rest of us have been. Yeah, and then generation, I think, is X, Z. the ones that Z, 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 the yeah. younger ones, even more so, yeah. Right, yeah. right. So um, I agree with what you said. It's either germs, it's fear of commitment, but I think what I'm seeing more, it's social anxiety because they're not having practice doing what you and I are doing right now, which is eye contact. Like that's the baseline, right? Like that's like entry point. But then to have eye contact plus real life touching plus real life pleasure plus real life intercourse, all of those things that sex entails, it's so out of their comfort zone that making that move, it just, like you said, it feels too risky. It feels like the, the possibility for rejection is incredibly high only because they don't have the practice doing it. And what technology does is it takes the edge off. I like to say technology is just good enough. Like it text, takes the edge off us really needing to connect because we can get just enough virtually. If I watch porn, I can masturbate and have my orgasm and that takes the edge off my libido but it's not really good enough. For most people, it is not going to be good enough. Right. And also, um, it, it kind of numbs their, their, their sensual faculties. I mean, you know, as yeah. with everything, you need to practice something, right? So unless you've practiced all, all let's say, five basic forms of touch, you know, uh, and uh, on more than one person, so you have kind of like points of comparison. I mean, we can even speak about it in, you know, uh, semi-scientific terms for, for people who respect that, that stuff more. Uh, you know, you need a control group. <laughs> you know, you really do. You get better by having been intimate. Uh, and by intimate, we're not talking about penetrative sex, but having been in intimate space with right. more and more people, you know, the more people you're able to feel, you know, physically um, uh, and speak with them about things that are of an intimate nature and be seen by them naked, the more, uh, you know, uh, gifted, skilled, comfortable, all of it you become. Um, yeah, so I, f- I feel that, you know, because it's so, they're so comfortable online, you know, in, in virtual space. Um, this, this change, which is a huge change for them, you know, I think that they are now home from like school or wherever thinking, uh, you know, the boomers just 
stole my future. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to make the money I thought I would be making when this is over. So they have all of that. And then, um, you know, they, they kind of live vicariously so much. Um, through social media. Through yeah. social media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, they feel loved when they're TikToked gets goes viral you know they feel loved when their twitter message uh, gets you know retweeted a lot they they feel loved in that way virally by strangers you know um which uh, for me i don't feel it because i think i'm already you know i've known other love so much longer before <laughs> before this this day was invented that I kind of very clearly, you know, remember the difference and prefer, like, the, you know, the fire of the human right. exchange and the right. risk. Prefer the risk. Prefer to get burned. Uh, you know, yeah, the, the kind of like Holocaust, which involves, you know, the burning of the self and coming out of your ashes as a phoenix, which yes. ha- happens in, you know, really deep human one-on-one, you know, love connection. Um, so I prefer that, but if you haven't experienced it enough and you haven't felt the high of it, you know, then it's like you're a little self-medicated by the online world. I feel right. like it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's like a tiny, it's like a tiny dose of alcohol or something. It just it, keeps it, you a little numb. Yeah. And I just, I, I feel so much for my clients that come to me. I work with adult virgins a lot, both male and female. So these are people in their, upper 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, who have never had sex. Most most of them mean by sex, they mostly mean penetrative sex, but they've had very little sensual or intimate experiences with other people. Um, and because our world is so full of sex and social media is full, full, so full of sex, they come with this perception that everyone's really good at it, right? Like that, like everyone else is born. Everyone else except them. Yes, yes, except yes. Except them. And I'm like, I have never spoken to one person in my whole life who had a fantastic first sexual experience. I mean, I've talked to people who were like, it was lovely, it was perfect, but they, no one was like, I was so good at sex that yeah. time. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Did you? You know? Yeah. I guess. I mean, some people, uh, I, I, I feel that some people are just better, um, are born with a facility. It's a, it's a small number, but they are, you know, it's like you're born where you can play basketball better than the vast majority. And you're born where you can like, you know, you have a, you're a fast reader or you're a math genius or whatever. So yeah, there are some people who I feel have an incredible kind of like bottomless capacity. And I wish that in, you know, I wish that they would work as sex surrogates. I really do. I wish that, the, you know, our society would pay appropriately for those gifts the same that, you know, they pay like the athletes because those are the people who can kind of like, you know, charge and change, uh, on one on one. All these people who are your clients <laughs> who, who, um, who are just not that, for whatever, you know, for many reasons, you know, I think that some of them are particularly smart, so they have kind of like ignored their physicalness. Uh, Some of them may have been raised by parents who were not intimate or physical. You know, there are all kinds of reasons and stuff that happens, but they would profit from like, uh, you know, 12 visits <laughs> with a sex surrogate. Oh my gosh, yeah, or a sexological body worker. Right, exactly. 
to jump on the phone because I spent, you know, the beginning part of my career in California and I feel like I had a good handful of those resources, but I'm, I feel like I need them again, specifically in New York and on the East coast, like good, a range of, uh, surrogates and sexological body workers that I can send my clients to. Because, exactly. You know, a man in his twenties might not want to see a woman in her fifties um, or a man in his fifties might not want to see a woman in her twenties. Exactly. You know, like exactly. We need a wide yeah. Yeah. And insurance should pay for it. Period. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like legitimate, you know, need. And, and I, you know, I, I don't understand why, you know, in a country that's so much about like procreation and anti-abortion, you know, the support of like procreation in all these other ways is not right. available. But anyway, so yes, so there is that, that old, you know, the, the, the older virgin. Um, and uh, then, and here they are now, I'm sure that they, they find this actually kind of um, prophetic, right? Like, <laughs> everybody's in my place right now. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is your, let's go back to the sex toys. What are your uh, recommendations and your, you know, warnings? And also, um, you know, if you have specific products, you know, when it comes to sex toys uh, for self-love, you know, for, for people to kind of take the opportunity to discover their bodies and discover other ways of orgasming by themselves, um, other erotic zones in their bodies, right? Take time and give them their own bodies the attention that they would have given to their lover. Right, right. And now is an ideal time for that. Um, yeah, it's been interesting because I've been talking about immersive um, sex toys and immersive sex therapy for, I don't know, four and a half or five years now. Wow. And it just, it hasn't really gained the traction um, that I was thinking it would. If people go on my website, there's a link to my next sex website, which is all about immersive sexuality. So that, that link will be there. Um, the first thing let's talk about is this fancy word called teledildonics, which, um, it's basically just a smart sex toy. So it's a Bluetooth enabled sex toy. So you can be using it in your home in Miami. I can be using it at my home in outside of New York and we can connect our toys and have a session together. So I could control the speed and vibrations of your toys. You could do the same with my toy. So it's just a way of helping people feel more connected with miles and miles between them. Um, and it's also just like novel and fun. You can be in, in the same room together and still control each other's pleasure. It's just, you know, I feel like novelty is the seed of human desire. So it's just, it's another dose of that. Yeah, and it, it, it uh, holds on to the element of surprise. Because when you are with yourself, you kind of like do what feels good. And, you know, but you're liking that unexpected, you know, where a lover will, will have a different idea. And so you will be surprised by right. what happens. Yeah, so I think that that's nice. Do you have to also uh, be on the phone or is it just... Um, it can just be through Bluetooth. Okay. There, there are some. Now, the next kind of level up is uh, virtual reality. So there are some smart text sex mm -hmm. toys that can be connected to a virtual reality film. And that can either be with your partner or it can be a video. So a porn video. Right. Your, your toy will sync to the action on the video. Very so interesting. As, as yeah. people having sex, yeah. their movements get faster, your 
masturbatory sleeve or your vibrator will move more quickly. Right. For what's out there right now, the, the biggest players in the space have penile, so they're masturbatory sleeves, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just it's a sleeve that fits over your penis and that will will vacillate at different patterns, different speeds. And then most of the vibrators, um, some can be inserted inside, but a lot of them are for clitoral. Clitoral, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels that a lot of people, uh, women, a lot of women are going for these like stronger and stronger clitoral um, stimulators. And yeah. what is your opinion on that? <laughs> Uh, I uh, never tell people to start with the wand, a hundred percent. Um, I, I don't think the, a magic wand, you know, yes, yes, I know. Yes. (laughs) I don't think that's a good place to start. Um, I do not want to feed into the ideology that once you learn how to masturbate with a sex toy, you'll never be able to come with your partner again. I a hundred percent don't believe that, but I do believe if you go too strong, too fast And critically, if that's the only thing you ever do, of course, you're going to train your body to have an orgasm only one way, right? Only with that toy, only lying on my back, only at that speed. And there should be nothing in sex that's an only, you know, it should be a smorgasbord. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I agree with you, you know, and I've actually had, you know, uh, listeners who've reached out and said, you know, I want to try something else, but it just doesn't work. I can't get the position right. I don't, you know, I feel like I've trained myself uh, out of the possibility of penetration uh, because, you know, because it's so easy for me to uh, achieve orgasm clitorally and it's so strong that like it would take a man or a woman, um, you know, whatever. With a bionic Superpower, tongue. yeah. 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 <laughs> the bionic tongue, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you get to a place where you don't have patience anymore for the human and you're with your lover and you're like, would you take the wand and just like, you know, play with me? <sighs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, a great sex doesn't have to include orgasm. I think that's what we forget so often. You know, really good yeah. sex doesn't have to be orgasm right. specific. Um, and you're not going to yeah. train yourself out of it. You will need to take a break from your favorite toy and your favorite position. That's 100% true. Yeah. You want to learn how to yeah. have an orgasm yeah. in a different way. Yeah. You've got to take yeah. a break from what you're doing. Yeah, everybody does, yeah. And I feel that, you know, that's a problem for for uh, people alone, especially now, you know, like having a, a, the, the same thing over and over just to find release in orgasm, relax a little. And, and also for couples, you know, who like, kind of shorten and shorten the time of the sex and they again you know tend to become increasingly goal oriented so let's you know get off and get to the next thing whatever it is you know and especially if you have uh, unexpected crowd in your home right now in quarantine you know so you have like family members children parents it makes it even more difficult to like you know be in open you know uh, sex space because you don't have like so much private time so it's leading us to uh you know do what we know and yeah i think that it's important to kind of keep that in mind and be conscious and try to experiment and also like not let go like just not let go of your sexual faculties you know make time find the spot go in the closet lock the bathroom get in the shower 
and just, you know, feel yourself because it's so healing, you know, just like caressing yourself alone is so healing, you know, feeling your own hands on your body is a form of, of feeling loved. So, yeah, it's important for people to experience it, to give it to themselves even if it feels kind of creepy or, (laughs) you know, that's the social conditioning. So it's not you, it's not creepy. It's because you feel watched, you know, but you're not watched. You're not on the screen. Like no one is taping you. No one knows. No one sees. It's not creepy. It's you, you know, feeling your own body and saying hi to the parts that make you up. So, you know, it's... Part of our task is to kind of disconnect from this feeling of being always seen. I, I um, couldn't agree more. So yeah, like you said, find any quiet private space that you can. And I think now, if there's any time for a case for quickies, it's now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Get um, in the car if you have to, like you were yeah. a teenager. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah. You know, do what you need to do. I encourage 100% essential yeah. session at some point, but now yeah. might not be the time. So. Take care of yourself. And if it takes 30 seconds or three minutes or five minutes, like exactly in the shower. Yeah. 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, me too. I I encourage like slow, conscious, involved uh, sex that, you know, starts with conversation, but whatever now. (laughs) Yeah. Get get good. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, So my big, my, my big, uh, my most common question. So like, this is kind of like my finale as, as far as my questions go to you is uh, how to for phone sex and FaceTime sex. If you have, um, you know, a lot of my listeners again have never had it. They just have never had reason to have it, you know, um, and they don't know how to go about it. And if the, Especially if it's a woman and the man doesn't suggest it, she doesn't even know how to initiate it. And then if it, if the man does suggest it, but it's someone she doesn't know who, you know, she met on like Bumble or Match, she doesn't know whether to just like take a chance and say, oh yeah, why, you know, now is the time. Let's, you know, you only live once. Um, or whether she should be, she should be acting the same way she would if she, you know, if they could meet for real, which is like going, on a date, go to dinner, speak longer, blah, blah. So people are very confused by the specific, about the details, by the, the how to go about it. Um, how, you know, how to go about it both on the phone alone and also on FaceTime, you know, or, or video chat. Okay. Yeah. Those are all great questions. Um, I feel like the first step is for everyone to identify what their intention is and what their expectations are. So my intention for myself is to feel connected. Is it to have an orgasm? Is it to feel sexy? Is it to create the foundation of a new relationship? Or is it just to have an experience with this person one and done and then go off on my way? My expectation is that I will feel good about this, obviously not feel bad about this, not feel creepy about it, not feel used, any of those things. So for ourselves, identifying intention and expectation. And then a way that I love to approach these conversations is just to have them ask, hey, I'm curious what you would think about trying phone sex. I'm curious what you would think about if we tried to connect and hook up on FaceTime. 
Because using those words, I'm curious, it really keeps the other person out of defensiveness. You're honestly just coming at this from a place of curiosity. What do you think? You're not saying, I want to have phone sex with you. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. What do you think? Right. Right? So that woman that wants to try it, but she's afraid to ask, I think that's a great way to go. Yeah. And And then, and then let's say, uh, you know, they, they want to try it. I mean, everybody wants to try it. They just don't know how exactly what, what it is that they're trying. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, people mostly assume that they have to like go into character and speak dirty in a way that maybe they, they wouldn't, uh, um, you know, have in person. Um, I think, you know, people feel that they, you know, that if they're on the phone, they, they can kind of like, uh, you know, replicate some sort of like porn dialogue maybe. Um, is there something, I mean, is there a guidance? I, you know, I, I, I say just, you know, patiently describe what you're doing and what, if it's, if, if there is consent, you would like, you know, the other person to do to right. themselves. Just like be purely descriptive. <laughs> I think, you know, for me, that's like a safe and, and not that, that easy way of going about it. You know, just, uh, avoid the, the, you know, avoid the, the dirty talk. That's not really who you are. You know, cause I feel like it, it distances you from, from yourself in a sense. Yeah. And if yeah. you're distant from yourself, you're distant from your pleasure. And that's what this is supposed to be about, pleasure and connection. So I 100% agree with you. If dirty talking and role playing is a thing for you in real life before COVID-19, 100% go for it. But if it's never been a thing for you, I think the idea of introducing it virtually is the wrong way to go. Like that's something you're going to want to introduce in real life. So be yourself. Um you can ask the other person, you know, are you good taking your shirt off now? I'm going to take my shirt off now. Like you said, those descriptive characteristics, how you feel when you touch yourself and explaining that to them, we mirror, right? We're mirrors for each other. So if I'm saying something to you, you're going to usually mirror the same thing back to me, unless we are so disconnected that no one's getting the messages, which hang up. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you're saying, if you're saying, you know, I'm touching like whatever, you know, my left, uh, this, uh, and, and, and the other person is already like far ahead in, um, you know, um, uh, sitting on your face or like coming on your face mode. Um, then there is definitely disparity. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think. In general, technology is just a bridge. It should never be a replacement for our sexuality at all. It's just this this bridge that we've been given in some ways is incredibly helpful and in some ways can be harmful if we get stuck there. But anything you would do in real life, I think, is definitely a go virtually. If you don't have experience asking and doing this, treat it like the first time you're in bed with someone. And, yeah, that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Like yeah. go about it the same way that you, the first time right. that you tried any type of sexual, yeah, sex exchange that you hadn't had before. Yeah. And be honest too. If you're nervous about it, be honest. Not a lot of us have had experience with phone sex. So just, just be honest about it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's more endearing than anything yeah. else. Yeah. One of my rules and I, you know, I found this out in practice and it's a, like hard rule. (laughs) 
I do not, you know, like there is no break in it. It's not a soft uh, limit. It's a hard limit for me. Is that it has to be reciprocal, you know, the same way that I have a hard rule that, you know, for a girl to go down on a boy, the boy has to go down on a girl. Done. No way. You know, there is no other way because, you know, because there is a history of thousands of years behind us. That's why, you know, otherwise it would be fine. But it's, it can't be. We have to make sure every time that it's reciprocated. I feel the same way about, you know, video sex and FaceTime sex. That if, if you, especially if you're a woman, um, but it, it's, you know, both ways, because there is, a, a, the feminine is usually the aspect that feels watched, right? Uh-huh. So if one of the partners has the camera and is pointing to their body and right. the other one of the partners is the one watching and masturbating, that doesn't feel good. It just doesn't. So, you know, if you're going to show your, your nakedness and if you're going to show your private parts, the other party has to do the same. Um, right. I, I feel that that's, you know, how it will, it will feel safe afterwards. Right. Um, you know, and of course talk about it, you know, make, make kind of, you know, some short, sort of uh, reconnaissance, <laughs> you know, because right. asking the question directly doesn't really necessarily get you a truth or lie. But there is a way to know, you know, who intends what and who is ethical and, you know, and who is desperate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, it's not good. Hang up the phone. Right. Yeah. Trust your gut. Trust your gut 100% and reciprocity has to be there, open communication. If you do decide you're going to go into a role-playing mode, which is fine, at least talk about what your script is before you go in. So say, hey, I was thinking I would pretend I'm this person. You could pretend you're that. Let's see how that goes, right? Yeah. Um, you're less experienced. I, again, I don't think role-playing is the way to make your entree into virtual sex. I right. Think yeah. Powers. Yeah. The same with like power exchange. You know, if you've done right. power exchange in real life, then it's yep. totally, you know, fine. And actually, you know, it makes virtual, uh, virtual sex easier because you can get turned on just by being told to like do all kinds of other things that are not sexual. Yep. If you're, you know, the, the dominated one and if you're the dominant, likewise, you know, so, um, but if you haven't done it and you're just starting, again, I feel that there is too much danger in that, you know, to get things, I to get so. confused. Yep. And, and have consent feel squishy. And none of us yeah. like yeah. consent. And then finally, you know, there is, a, we, we've read that there is a huge, um, again, they say, a, you know, a huge surge in um, uh, paid phone uh, sex and paid video sex. So, a lot of women apparently are using this to monetize, you know, their bodies. And um, I, I don't know what your, if you have a, <laughs> an opinion uh, on it I, or I, some suggestion. I, I do. I mean, my opinion is if it's coming from an empowered place for that woman, 100% do what you feel empowered to do. Um, I work with a lot of uh, women who have been escorts in the past survivors Um, yeah and and survivors as well those two usually go together you've just got to be so clear about what you're doing and and when i mean clear i mean clear in Mm -hmm. your Mm -hmm. in awareness and also 
don't be intoxicated or using drugs in, in any way when you're making these decisions. Again, I'm like totally pro sex work, but I'm pro sex work with, um, awareness again about your intention and your expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm pro sex work for sure in the sense of it should be legal. They should have health care. They should have health insurance. They should get retirement benefits and all of that. Um, it is, however, you know, depressing to me. It is heartbreaking to me that, you know, women so often have to use their body as an object that they trade, uh, you know, or show, um, to, to get paid and get paid not that much. (laughs) Um, so. I couldn't agree more. You know, in, in, in terms of survival, yes, you know, like when the, there is no other way to put food on the table. You have to do what you have to do. And then it's, uh, it's noble at that stage. But I feel that if, you know, for young women, especially who feel empowered at the present moment, because they get a lot of compliments and because they, they find their bodies, you know, are beautiful. Cause, you know, we're all at our best looking when we're in our twenties, right? Um, but we're also at our least self-aware when we're our twenties because we haven't had enough of self yet to figure it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, we change. We become many different selves. And if you remove like the child, which is like the dependent self in your twenties, you haven't had a self like enough versions of you around to kind of put them all together or next to each other and say, okay, you know, out of all the stuff I've done, like, who am I? <laughs> who have I been consistently? What has pleased me and, you know, annoyed me consistently? Whatever, all this, right? Philosoph- philosophical inner check-in. Um, so you feel beautiful. You're happy that you're beautiful. You think it's easy money. Um, and then you have the scars afterward. Right. Because the scars are psychic, they're invisible. But the scar is that you have been reduced to a, a, you know, some of your physical parts alone. You have been paid for, you know, the flesh, the meat and bones that you are, as if the rest wasn't there. And that will hurt at some point because the most valuable part of you has been ignored. And, um, and, and so, you know, I feel that it, it, even though it seems like easy money and it could seem empowering, um, you know, it's important to see it in the context of the entirety of our social structure, you know, our, our mothers, great mother, grandmothers, depending on like where someone was raised, Either our mothers or our great grandmothers or our grandmothers, one of those generations were breeders, nothing right. else. And right. all of their foremothers were also breeders, nothing yeah. else, right? And so we, uh, we, we have come to this place because of like, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of women who have fought hard for, for the change. Um, so to like reduce ourselves back to like, you know, this body that is desired specifically because as, you know, as a breathing space, 
Uh, and it doesn't, you know, even if it's not about the conception, it's about the, you know, in, insemination, you know, like there is, a, the desire is that, you know, that you will be inseminated. It's the same archetypal urge, you know, to get owned, to get, you know, somebody plants their flag on you and marks you as their territory. So whether or not you're aware of it in that moment, that is what you're giving away. You know, you're not taking power. You're giving away your, your freedom of choice or, you know, your sense of who you are in the world in a grander, in a grander, more, more holistic, you know, way. Like your soul, your heart, your thoughts, your memories, all that stuff that make you. So yeah, I, I'm hoping that to, that it won't keep, you know, growing. Um, I, you know, I, I've met sugar babies. I did a show on sugar babies and I didn't, uh, you know, use it because I was of two minds about it. So yeah, I'm just hoping that this generation will, uh, uh find a way to like uh, demonetize sex. I, I hope so too. Yeah. And just, yeah. Yeah, I do too, because I, I, I'm never going to tell someone what to do or not to do sexually, but it's, there's repercussions and, and we don't really get that piece until we're, until we're old enough to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. This has been wonderful. It's been a, thanks again. And thank you out there for listening to us. And until next week, speak sex. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Sorry, was I was, fantastic. I did, you know, by doing it on the phone, I have no access to the, to the clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. It's 3.50. Okay. 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 We're good. We're like five minutes let's, late. We started late, so that's okay. Yeah. So text, let's text and I'll get you some headshots. You can get me logos or anything you want. Yeah. You too. Yes. Post. Oh, let's that's great. It. Yeah. All right. Thank you thank so you. much. Take that was care great. Of yourself. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Love incessantly, I would be God.